0: Welcome to the Saturday Nonsault Podcast. He is Chris Marley. I am Conor O'Kara. How do you know that it's 2019? What an interesting question. Um, You (laughs) You just answer your own question. (laughs) You look at the week that's been and you say, oh yeah, it is 2019, isn't it? Because this week alone, in college football, we had PETA call for the retirement of live mascots. That was, of course... Following Bully's altercation with Booby Whitlow, in which Bully, the Mississippi State Bulldog, took a hit like a champ, is going to bounce back just fine. He, they It'll might move.
1: put him in at quarterback.
0: He's, yeah, he's, he's why healing not?
1: faster than Tommy Stevens. Why not? Yeah. I, I
0: don't blame him. Um, the, the, so, the release that PETA came out with said that, UG, that, um, that UGA, of course, the UGA mascot, could have been killed by that dumb steer Bevo, which. When I heard that, I was like, okay, that's a bit extreme. And then I thought about the possibility of that stupid steer killing Ugga. And I got gotcha. really, really Texas. sad.
1: You hate Texas now too, huh? I
0: don't hate Texas <laughs> now. I hate that stupid steer. Um, speaking of Texas, another sign that is 2019, Oklahoma Spirit Director, aka the head of cheerleading, that had a cheerleading, was told
1: ridiculous
0: name. <laughs> what a title that is. Was told that cheerleaders should not use the horns down. That's preemptive of you know of their matchup that's coming up here in October. They can't even use them on social media, apparently. or the players so, either, right? Yeah, no horns down. Apparently, you can do it on the sideline. We knew that that's been a big sticking point, but just in case you needed anything else to show you how how sensitive the world is in 2019, oh. horns down, big no no. The next big, one, big, big the no-no. next one is they. This takes that. the cake though. So if you needed any proof that it's 2019, look no further than Clemson fans demanding, demanding went that UNC's president apologize for trolling messages on the JumboTron. You say what's trolling message on the JumboTron? Clemson was very upset that UNC had on the JumboTron messages where they would show Clemson fans on the JumboTron and then it would say a
1: hint at the fact that they might have been bandwagon.
0: <laughs> said can't name Clemson's last coach or thinks Clemson is in Georgia Who or doesn't? my personal favorite thinks fridge is just a kitchen appliance harmful harmful stuff that we're talking about here really cuts to the very detrimental
1: just detrimental to the psyche of of people for and their well-being for for years my goodness (laughs) gracious
0: and of course unc actually had to come out and apologize because it's 2019 (sighs) and you have to apologize for everything everything and oh by the way in peak 2019 form california passed the bill for college athletes to make money off their likeness beginning in 2023 Here's
1: a here's a new segment we're gonna have called <laughs> Go Off Marler. <laughs> no, you've, got, you've done that on Twitter a lot. A lot I know. Of, in well, the past, always. Uh, well, past here. I just I just so I'll say this. I I have first off anybody that has heard this um, or has been affected by any of the things that we listed, I want to urge you just from the bottom of my heart to absolutely never come to a comedy show that I do because if you are that sensitive about jumbotron trash talk, that is uh, like those are. Like how many games have you been to, like at any kind of sporting event? Any kind where it's like any. Hey, here's the KISS Cam and here's blah blah blah. And then it's like at the very end of the KISS Cam, it's like two dudes sitting next to each other. It's like, yep. oh, they're A's fans. It's like, who cares? It's it's just it's you're at UNC, there's like forty thousand people there. They make fun of you you know what? Just like Bama, Clemson does have bandwagon fans. They do. They're the hot commodity right now. And 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 here's what this is what bothers me. We said this about Texas last week and, and we were apparently wrong. About, about like, they also have A&M has, has, like, a wheelbarrow or something like that they, they push behind. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah. There's no doubt about it's it. It's fine. But, like, if you're going to be that sensitive about, oh, don't do the horns down, it's literally just your hands pointed down. That's all it is. If you're going to be that sensitive finger. about that, don't have your dumbass head coach strolling on the sidelines with a backpack in the middle of a game. Don't do stuff like that. Also, Clemson, if your fans are that upset about something that happened on a jumbotron, I expect that same outrage, that same fake outrage, as when your own head coach this summer referred to himself as Osama bin Dabo. Yeah, like you, I don't understand how people can be so stupid to to not understand that those two things. You can't be mad about one and then excuse the other. <laughs> it, and, and you know what? I think we all would agree. Chris Marler cannot be the one who's talking sense into you people. Like it's just I mean, I need, it makes no sense and the, the last thing I'll say about this is I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into the the California pass the law bill. I was going back and forth on Twitter about stuff like this. Here's what I'll say. I made a a very uh, like not like the most foundationally sound argument about like hey, comparing it to an internship. My point I was trying to make is if if you're if you're upset about people getting paid, one I'll say this: Let's all do our research. Let's all read what the bill is actually saying it's going to do, so we don't make ignorant comments and say like, "Well, it's going to lead to this, or it's going to lead to that, or it's 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 saying they're going to pay for this because it's not." Like I, I I'm sure this is not the NCAA doesn't act in a way where it's like, you know what, we definitely want to go out of our way to help these student athletes. That's not what's happening here. <laughs> Just trust me, and like and where you know where I'm coming from. I played Division II baseball, which is not the same as D1 football, but this bill is not helping only football players. It's for everyone. And there's a lot of people, like when I played, I had to work in the mailing office where I sent out letters to alumni and recruits. And for it was $5.35 an hour, and I was only allowed to do it for 12 hours a week because those are the NCAA rules. As somebody that lived off $75 a week, that was a huge help every week for me. That was almost double the money I had. And, and it, it does help a lot of student-athletes like that. So let's all calm down. And And here's the last thing I'll say about it is there's a lot of people who are upset about the college athletes being paid, and this whole mindset of, well, we we've given them enough or they get enough stuff. It, it's a It's a pretty bad, in my opinion, systemic issue from people that haven't lived in those shoes. And that's all I'll say. Remember in the beginning, before we came on, and you said that you wouldn't rant about it? <laughs> just, I just, like, I it just, ama- it always amazes me when people who've never gone through those things, they they seem to be the ones that have the most most uh, loud opinions is on it, is uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'll say.
0: What a way to start. 2019, I feel for you. Uh, it, it's It's been rough. It's been not the best week for you in terms of... Yeah college football storylines. We have some actual good stuff that we're going to get to. We have, if you've seen by the title, if you read the title, if you just listen blindly, thank you if you do that, by the way. But we do have an interview. We have an interview with Kirk Herbstreet in which we talk a lot of current relevant storylines in the SEC and in college football at large. We're, of course, going to talk about Auburn, Florida. We're going to talk a little bit about Georgia and Tennessee. We're going to talk about all of our Week 6 matchups that we have here. we got some locks of the week for you. Oh, boy before we do all of that marler
1: let's let's talk about something that gets you fired up in a different way. Ooh, my taste buds up. Uh, hold on and i know we joke around with this a lot but i do want to say and another thing and this is a positive thing i'm not saying any of that in a negative way to any of our listeners because i brought this up on twitter before and i, I was saying this to to ali and i was saying to our producer will one of the best things about this podcast and our listeners that I love so much is that especially in a day and age where there's so much arguing. Like I was talking to a guy named uh, Dogfather earlier on Twitter and we were going back and forth and we didn't see eye to eye. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we still found like a common ground and resolution that was just calm and it wasn't like, I hate you, I'm unfollowing you. But like it's, and I, I that's a big, big shout out to our followers for being logical and being able to have like adult conversations like that. Was the common following a love of Texas Speed? Yes, it was. It was. And let me get right into the Texas Pete thing. So, Texas Pete, as you guys know, I am back. I am back. My appendix is finally done, being just a little, literally a thorn in my side. Uh, I am allowed, I'm cleared from doctors to taste the sweet, sweet nectar that is Texas Pete. I can have it on... Fried chicken. I can have it on grilled chicken. I'm really going to do only fried chicken. Have it in my potato salad. I can put it on my eggs. We've talked about all these things. Hell, sometimes, you know, if I'm sad, just put it on some toast. I don't know. You know, just anything. If we're out of butter, who knows? You can put it on everything. I do put it on everything. And we want to make sure you are sending us all of your picks from your favorite tailgates, from your favorite recipes, all the above. We've gotten some good ones. And, and like, I hate to say it because I know they're, they're our main sponsor and I love them to death. But I, I'm, I'm almost regretting it because now every time I get these pictures with the hashtag sauce like you mean it, I'm instantly hungry. So it's, it's a detriment to my weight, but I, I still love it just the same. It's fantastic. You guys have killed it. So this week we're going to start something new. We want you to send us all your recipes. We want you to send us like all your pictures of the tailgate, like I said, under the hashtag sauce like you mean it. But yesterday someone sent me a meme of Post Malone staring at a woman at his concert who, it's a viral, viral meme, and she flashed him. They put Uncle Chris as a Post Malone. Um, And then the girl (laughs) said, anything with Texas Pete on it. And that's pretty spot on, guys. So we're going to give out a prize this week, Uncle Chris's, where you send us your best meme with the hashtag sauce like you mean it about Texas Pete and Uncle Chris, and the winner will have exclusive access to my favorite recipe with Texas Pete. There you go. I don't even have exclusive uh, access to your favorite recipe. And you never will, Connor. So you start bringing out those memes. Jeez! All right, take over because I've done too much already. We're ten minutes. I gotta come
0: in strong. (laughs) Let's talk about the premier game in college football this week. College game day is going to be there. Unfortunately, we're not going to be there. I know we have people on the Facebook group who are saying, "Oh, you guys should go there. You guys should go there." Unfortunately, you know our travel schedule this year is not allowing for that. We are going to be. We are going to have some trips coming up here in the future that we're super super excited about. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it this weekend. We both have obligations to be uh, in our in our current.
1: In our current homes. So we will not be there. But Auburn, uh, it's going to be hot. Yeah, it's going to be super hot. hot. I want to see this game, but it was one of those things. Like I looked at you last week, and I was like, we don't have to travel next week, do we? Like I really just want to lay down. (laughs) Yeah, we will be
0: enjoying this from the AC, but it's going to be extremely hot. And it's a top 10 showdown. The first top 10 showdown of SEC play this year so far. First time that these two teams are facing off as top 10 teams since 1997. Marlar, I look at this game, and there's two keys for me. And it's not as simple as deodorant. what I think. Yeah, it's it's deodorant. It's, you know, I, I I know Florida fans say that they don't wear jorts or anything like that, so I don't have to tell them that they should just wear the mesh dry-fit shorts or something like that. They already know. They yeah. already know for this game. That is a key, though, You should definitely do that. Yes. Two keys um, for this game. Go ahead. Bo Nix against Todd Grantham's pressure and Florida's offensive line against Auburn's defensive line. The latter of which I have more concerns about. And here's why. Florida's offensive line so far, we've talked about this, has been probably its Achilles heel, and we kind of thought it was going to be that coming into this season. You mentioned that you, you mentioned repeatedly in the preseason the fact that they had four of five starters gone, and it was a much different story than what we were talking about at the beginning of last year. Right. Most recently, Florida allowed three sacks to Towson. Towson. Oof.
1: Towson. Yeah. Tao, son. Like, it's like that's how I say it. Sure. Because you are the <laughs> authority on all things pronunciation shut, as shut up. up. <laughs> Florida's offensive line was called
0: out by Dan Mullen after that game. Dan Mullen said that they were not mentally prepared to play that game. And he knows that against the best defensive line in the country, Auburn, they are going to need to play by far, by far their best game in order to have a chance in this one. Because yeah. Kyle Trask is not Felipe Franks. This is the one game where if you're looking at that schedule and you're trying to figure out how do we navigate through through these really difficult defenses, this is a game in which you would love to have a mobile quarterback like Felipe Franks. Now, is Kyle Trask going to be able to do some things against this defense? Possibly. He's super accurate. Dan Mullen can draw up these quick throws as I expect him to do. But if he's got to sit there in those third and long type situations, this is extremely daunting the way that Auburn is able yeah. to generate pressure with their defensive line and not necessarily bringing pressure from, from the second level or from the linebackers. So, that's the thing that I look at that I keep coming back to with this matchup that I can't get out of my head
1: yeah so here's what I'll say um we brought up all that stuff this summer and and you know I know a lot of Florida fans were kind of sour with me because I brought up how the fact that you know I think this is important that like it's it's gonna look different like it, your offensive line is not going to be as dominant and I think a lot of people underestimate how you know how big of a strength that is especially for a first year coach to have something like that to lean on. Now what I'll say, I, I was wrong about how they would react to it because Florida has done nothing but just no matter what the obstacle is, no matter what the adversity is, they've just gone right through it. You lose your starting quarterback while you're down eleven points, and, and what happens? Kyle Trask on the road. I, I always I keep wanting to say a freshman on the road because he's he's new at starting, but he's like, I don't know, 28 years old. Um so Kyle Trask, he's looked he's looked great. You know, I know it's Towson. I know that they're not great competition, but completing his first fifteen passes last week, breaking Chris Leak's former former Gator QB his record for consecutive passes for eighteen straight con- completions. Florida's outscored teams ninety-one to three since Trask took over. That's he say it again, Connor. Florida's outscored teams 91 to three since Trask took over. I love it when you actually do repeat it too. That's the best part. <laughs> um, no, so I yeah, and that's that's there's something to be made about that. And you know, I, one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, people on Twitter, Cav um, Cav Harris, he he brought this up this week, and he was talking about just the SEC where Florida ranks in the SEC for defense, and it's. It doesn't. They don't go below number one a lot in a lot of those yeah. ranks. Sacks, total defense—that is a suffocating defense. They've been very lights out, and they've done it each of the past two weeks without their two best players. We talk about Jonathan Grenard. We talk about how I got goosebumps. I'm so I'm so pumped for football this weekend. <laughs> we talk about Jonathan Grenard. We talk about that they're missing C.J. Henderson. They're still missing Jabari Zuniga. Those players are back, and they're going up against a very good offensive line. But guess what? And I know he's done great. I know he's done great. But Bo Nix. We talk. I talk about this with Bama a lot. How I say what I what I call a quote unquote perfect win when you know when Bama wins and but they struggle a little bit later. They give up a lot of yards and it's something you have you move forward with a win, but also something to work on. And I, you, there's a lot to be said about how Bo Nix is starting to get it rolling and he's starting to find his you know you know his, his like just being more and more consistent. And and he had the, he had his best offensive out or, out, or performance and outing last week. And then you look at Florida, who gave up three sacks to Towson, and you go into this week, it's like, oh, sh- I almost said it. They're, <laughs> they're pissed off. they got something to work on. I, I kind of like Florida in this matchup right now. Tell me I'm crazy. I love that you interrupted first of all, I love that you interrupted yourself <laughs> to say, I'm so excited for football this weekend. I'm so pumped, man. I just well I'm love like it. looking through right now and there's like the Seahawks are on tomorrow. That's Bay's favorite team. So we've got a full weekend <laughs> of it, man. We got a full slate. I'm yeah. not gonna call you crazy for saying that because there is definitely there is a realistic path
0: in which Florida can win this game. Yeah. And I think if it happens, I think it's going to look reminiscent of what we saw with Florida against LSU last year. Where Joe Burrow was overwhelmed by the pressure that Todd Grantham brought in that game. And if we talk, you know, as you mentioned before, getting back Jabari Zaniga in this game on top of a pass rush that's already been really, really good without yeah. him. And and help help with CJ Not Henry. really he good. Care. The best. Yeah, the best. Uh, tied for first among power five in, in sacks with Pitt. C- he'll send C.J. Henderson on blitzes too. C.J. Henderson <laughs> had three sacks
1: last year. If t- if you're part of the- that 11 man crew on defense, Todd Grantham will blitz you. Everyone you know blitzes. You know what? It reminds me of is that remember that GIF and that scene from The Office where Dwight Dwight's like in like the side room doing the interview and he just goes, ah, like he's just screaming. That's that's Todd Grantham's defense right there in a GIF form. Yeah, when Jim gets promoted
0: to yeah. co manager, <laughs> that's, that's right. exactly what it is. I think the the one thing for, for Florida that that they need to be able to capitalize on this game is those key those key downs those key third downs where you're going to be able to put some pressure on Nix. It is an obvious passing situation and you need to be able to get home and force, you know, force be able to get off the field force the fourth and long or even the strip sacks. Those plays are going to be so huge in this game. I think this is going to be a defensive focused game. I don't. I haven't looked at the over/under actually for this game. I followed that spread closely, but for whatever reason, the over/under is escaping me right now. What is that? I'm not going to tell, right tell you what it is. Okay, because you're still looking it up too. No, I, like I can't. That.
1: Wait, where, why is it? Not, I'm on ESPN. I don't know why it's not listed. Oh, 48 and a half. Okay, that's, that's, that's a good. That's a good number. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Which seems about right. It,
0: this feels like a game that whoever wins is going to win 24 to 17 or 24 to 21, something like that. To 23, that
1: 21, yeah.
0: I will, that's, a, that's a Chris Berman final score oh, right God, there. Oh, God, I exactly hate him so
1: much. Anyway, the one thing I don't want to
0: happen with this game, if Auburn loses this game, I don't want to all of a sudden fire up the new Gus is on the hot seat talk. I, I think new Gus doesn't belong on the hot seat for what he's done in this first month of the season, starting off with the quality victories that they have had. And it's not. I realize that AM has, has not looked as good as we thought they were going to look, and that victory is maybe not quite as good. That Oregon victory stacks up. That yes, stacks up. It it is held up really, really Oregon's well. Oregon's a good Oregon's football team, man. We're, we're gonna get to Oregon a little bit later. I know Allie's yeah, gonna kill are. me for this, but oh, She's gonna love you for this. Oh yeah, she'll love me for this because yeah. she's an Oregon state grad. That's right. That's right. So what we're what what I'm looking for in this game, though, in, in the way that the the perception can can shift with this, if Auburn just lays an egg offensively, mm-hmm. let's not rush back to the fire gust thing. Let, let, let's not get 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 that get that out there because. For me, what Auburn has done in this in this first first month is showing that his process is working right now. Yeah. His play calling is working, and just because they don't, even if they, they have an LSU like last year, an LSU type effort in this one, and they can't get going, you know, I, I don't think that all of a sudden that should start up. Remember last year when Coach O got off to that great start, and he's really really getting racking up the quality victories early on. It goes yeah. to Florida, has that first loss. The conversation wasn't then, okay, Coach O should be back on the hot seat. The same should be true for
1: Gus. I don't think that he belongs on the hot seat if he can't no. get a win against a top ten team on the road. No, I completely agree. And it's it's frustrating. Like, so somebody actually brought this up in the uh, in the what do you call it thread a while ago. And they um what was it? Somebody brought this up on on our Facebook Live on Monday. And and they brought up they go they go, so when Gus loses to LSU, when he loses to Auburn, and he loses to Bama, do you think he'll be fired? And I was like, How are we like one, I, well, I should sure. probably give him credit for like the awareness of like, yeah, you know what? I think he's gonna lose all three of those games. I do. That being said, the doubt that was in his, that everyone had with him before the yep. season, it, it you you nailed it, Connor. It's the same exact thing as with, uh, with Coach O last year. Well, Gus, Gus had a U in it. Coach O got an O in it. <laughs> Pretty similar. You clone off the U that may an O. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous, and and I, I'm glad that the narrative hasn't been brought up about that yet before this game because it's like Dude,
0: because it's, you know what's going to happen. All those people is. that were
1: saying that in the preseason are just going to pounce. They're going to say, "Oh, remember when you guys thought Gus was a great coach?" It's like, oh no, yeah, no, it's it, it's getting worse and worse, huh? Every week, it's it's just, ugh. Anyway, no, but like I think that I think that. Uh, I, I think that you know, when you when you look at this team as a whole, and we if we tried like sometimes we get caught up in stuff like that. Like I, I, know yeah. I, oh, I know I do. I know I do. But like, yeah, Jared Garantano is, is Exhibit <laughs> A. But like, when you when you look at what this team is, they're still one of the top defensive units in the country. And and I I've maintained this. Somebody brought it up. Was it, I think it was Herb Street in the interview. He said what I've been saying for the past couple weeks is this team is good enough to compete with anybody in the country. Anybody, yeah. Ohio State, Bama uh Oklahoma, like like Georgia, LSU, any they're they're good enough to compete with anybody because of that defense. And they have a freshman quarterback and if he can make enough plays in that offense and Gus calls the right you know dials with the right plays as well, they can win. But like let's look at what this what this team is and it, it does have a freshman quarterback. It still does have flaws. First time that Gus new Gus
0: or old Gus is making a trip to the swamp. We've made the joke before new Gus rides it rides his Harley into new towns, SEC towns. He
1: burns it to the ground,
0: yep. and then he pops wheelies as he rides out. That's what he does.
1: That's just the way of life for New Gus. We'll new Gus is, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what he does. He's like that dad from Little uh, Angels in the Outfield. He's like, huh, I'll oh, come yeah, back yeah. when the Angels when I'll come back when Vanderbilt wins the conference. And then just flicks a cigarette and is like, see you later, son. That's New Gus. Man, that moment is so sad. That is it's really so sad. sad. Yeah. What a great movie, though. <laughs>
0: Tennessee might need some angels in the outfield to beat Georgia. I'm just going to say that. How's that for a transition?
1: That was good. It's
0: it's amazing. Uh, I've got a column that's coming out, shameless plug, coming out on SDS on Thursday. By the time people are listening to this, uh, it'll probably be out, I think. And if not, it'll be out soon, some point on Thursday. How much everything has changed since Dobbs Nail Boot. If you don't know what Dobbs Nail Boot is, it's the 2016 Hail Mary in which Tennessee stunned Georgia at Sanford Stadium. A first-year coach by the name of Kirby Smart was left speechless. Probably shouldn't have been that speechless, considering he rushed three guys and decided to put Lorenzo Carter in his coverage unit and just kind of let that play He's six happen. He's 6'5". I don't care. He should have been rushing the passer. If you Ugh. need proof that Lorenzo Carter should have been rushing the passer, look at what Georgia did on the Hail Mary attempt that Ian Book had in that final play against, against Notre Dame, where... Gus, or not Gus, uh, I'm new Gus on the new brain Kirby. New <laughs> Kirby. New Kirby decided to send four, and he had three rushers on Ian Book, and he had him basically 19 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Well, he also had a
1: lot of different players on that team, but yes.
0: yes. Just saying, just saying. The philosophy in it's always yeah. different. But thinking about how much everything has changed for both programs since Josh Dobbs had the famous pass to Juwan Jennings, just a couple things that I want to throw out there. I know both programs, they know this. Both of these fan bases know this. But it, it's worth bringing up just because it shows how much things change in college football. It just did a little three-year stretch here that we're talking about. Since that game, Georgia overall is 33-8. Tennessee, on the other hand, 14-22. Since that game, <laughs> Georgia against the SEC is
1: 18-4. Tennessee is 4-19. and So basically the Those inverse. losses... Those losses for 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 Georgia, who were they to for the the SEC losses? It was, Bama twice, at right? Bama twice. They lost to Vandy in twenty sixteen at the end of twenty
0: sixteen.
1: No, that was in that was still in October. I think that might have been before. Because they, they lose it was they it lost after a, was it after? Yeah, it was after. They beat they beat Auburn. That was that right. when Auburn, Auburn was ranked in the top ten. Yeah, yeah but Auburn's then they lost great. to them in twenty seventeen. So that's got to be the other one. Yes, okay. and then What's obviously the losing, we t- together? losing
0: LSU last year. Yeah, that was, that was a good time. Uh, when you can individually pick out the losses and remember all of them Where for Tennessee, <laughs> that's obviously a really difficult Ooh. thing to do. Yeah. So against top 25 teams since that game, Georgia is 9-6, and six, Tennessee is 3-10. and 10. Here's the one thing, and I didn't put this in the doc, but this is the one stat that just kind of says it all. Since that game, Georgia has played, this will be Georgia's 30th game as a top 10 team. Yeah, T- Tennessee, two games after that as a top 10 team. When you consider that at the time, that win put Tennessee into the top 10, and it dropped Georgia out of the top 25. That's that's how much life has changed for both of these two programs. When you, ta- when you think at the time, okay, maybe Tennessee is just this never-say-die type team in that moment, and Georgia is just still figuring things out, and we're starting to wonder maybe they made a mistake by firing Mark Richt, and this Kirby Smart thing isn't yeah. going to work out with this first-time head coach. And how drastically our mindsets are now. Where this is a game that's being played in Knoxville, Georgia is a 25 point favorite and is trying to win its third straight game yeah. by at least four scores against Tennessee.
1: That's I where we're at. yeah, which is crazy. And in that 2016, I, f- I forgot about that Tennessee squad because I remember like the first game of the year they were losing App State. Oh, what a game that was! That was on a was on like Thursday night Thursday or night. Yeah, because I was bartending. Yeah. I was bartending watching the game, and I remember I remember getting a complaint because I was like. I think I probably dropped like a GD or something like that. I was pissed because <laughs> I was like, it was, it was so ridiculous. How much did you um, bet on Tennessee that day? No, I no, I I didn't bet on. I I didn't. I was I was. I'm sure I was still gambling a lot, but it, I didn't bet on. You know what's funny too is I this the anniversary of Dobnail Boot happened yesterday, right? And so yep. I I got um I got an, a Facebook update, and <laughs> this is literally what it said. I was in Clemson for the game against Louisville. I think the Lamar Jackson game. And and somebody I, I wrote I was like Clemson is lit y'all and then like the next Facebook memory from like 12 minutes later because I was in the eso uh like bar or whatever eso club whatever it is in Clemson sitting there drinking with my buddy Bill and and the next like 12 minutes later it just says GD at Georgia and it was like all caps and I was like how did you blow this game? Oh, um, man. So- there were some great reactions to that too. I remember oh, people God. smashing TVs.
0: It, there it was a walking. it, yeah. it, it might mean too much. Well, that would have been I
1: game. think that whole thing too was. Tennessee, what that was still they hadn't lost yet. This is when they they went to a And M and lost in double overtime the following week, and they got boat raced by Bama. But like those that game against Georgia, that that was what Georgia fans were hoping was the turning point. And they'd seen all these heartbreaking losses with under Mark Richt and stuff. They, they should have won. They had, the, the throw that Eason made right before that. It's you talk about like how different things are nowadays. You wonder what that does. I know he still gets injured, but you wonder what that does to his status at Georgia if that is the game winning touchdown. That's still. I know I exaggerate and embellish a lot, like or like get caught up in the moment. I, that's like the, that's the hardest ball I've ever seen thrown from from a quarterback, ever. That one from it's, the right hash into the like the left corner of the end under Ridley. Kid's got a rocket arm, it, it, and that's
0: one of those things that you'll you'll see that on his on his draft film if and when that comes. You'll be like, why are we looking at this from his freshman year of, of college? Oh, one of the most incredible throws it.
1: ever. Yeah. It's, it's 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 amazing, but yeah, when you talk about the stuff with, it is different, and like where those two programs are, and obviously George made the right choice, and, and maybe it's too early to tell with Pruitt. Um, I don't know; it depends on how many more uh, videos from from police police cam we're gonna see and recordings of him uh, at three thirty in the morning. Why did he have to be
0: the one who got the call? Usually, it's position coaches who get the call in that in that scenario.
1: I, I just that was weird. The video itself of the the kid was was one of the most uncomfortably bad looks I've yeah. seen in, in a very long time mm-hmm. in the SEC but yeah, thanks. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I don't know. Going into the game, this is one of those things, you know, we looked at it last year. I think the line was pretty similar, right? It was around 24 and a half. So, yeah, it was it was in the 20s, I remember. And it was a, it was a weird weird game where it's like Tennessee kind of was out playing Georgia for for a span during this game, like in Georgia second, was not
0: imposing its will at the line of scrimmage. That's like what we've it was. Seen usually, yes.
1: I knew you had a way that you phrased it even last year that was <laughs> was way more eloquent than what I was saying. But yeah, this is this doesn't feel like that at all. And and I know that uh, I believe Tennessee's coming off a bye week. Georgia's coming off a bye week. I, I think this line's way too low, and I, I don't see what Tennessee's going to be able to do. You know, SEC Network broke this game down this morning. Our our good friends there, and our they they friends. they brought out uh, a stat that is. You know, I, I'm I'm hesitant to, to like lean my pick solely on this because I did this against with the Notre Dame game and I was wrong, but Georgia is ranked first in the SEC in like ru- in rushing offense. Tennessee is ranked 11th in rushing defense, and they are ranked Georgia's ranked first in yards per carry. Tennessee's ranked like like I think 11th, and then like yards like yards before contact. Georgia's ranked uh, first, and Tennessee's ranked 11th in that too. George is going to run the ball. It's going to run
0: the ball and it's going to run the ball some mm-hmm. more. I think the, the all all Kirby needs to show is is what really happened last year and say, "Hey, look, this was a two possession game with 5 minutes left." And that was what actually prompted Jeremy Pruitt to have the reaction that he did where afterwards he got so emotional and so choked up in this game yeah. and you're I mean that that says a lot about Tennessee because it wasn't necessarily oh a bad look God. for Pruitt, in my opinion. It was the fact that his team, which was expected to just get roasted by Georgia, it's at Sanford Stadium, of course. Go figure that in the return trip they lose that game by 26, and their coach is emotional, talking about the effort. Two yeah. years removed from Darnell Boot, of
1: course. Hey, so real quick, you know I always complain about how we have to do these betting lines so early. Maybe we need to start doing this. uh, Maybe I need to just be on board with that. Because you know where this line opened? This line opened at something like 22? 16 and a half. What? Yeah, I'm looking oh, at it right now on that. covers. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now on covers. It's a, and maybe maybe this is like maybe they're they're dating it back to the summer because I'm looking at Ohio State right off. next to him. Yeah. Ohio State Michigan State. It says 13 and a half, which also seems odd. No, that's I think at
0: this I think at the start when this line came out on Sunday, I think it was something like 21 22. Oh,
1: this is 100 percent from the summer then because it also yeah. says Florida minus six against Auburn.
0: That says a lot too though. At the yeah. same time, that's how much Tennessee the perception about the program has really changed because yep. with Georgia, I think Georgia kind of is what we thought they were going to be mm-hmm. in the, so far this season and their issues, the issues that they have so far are the areas that Kirby Smart talked about a lot in this offseason. I think this is still a very, very favorable matchup yep. for Georgia. Let's do some picks, but before we do some picks and some over-unders, some really good over-unders, we only got
1: five games to do this week. You want to tell us about our friends at MyBookie? Ooh, boy, do I ever. Uh, I tell you what, I, I jumped back on board and I hope they're not listening because I I, I, uh, I did something that wasn't the most like of the most moral high ground kind I already have an account with my bookie. However, as most of you know from what I've I brought this up before, if you go join my bookie and use the promo code SDS now, they will literally double whatever money you initially put in. So I've made I have two accounts now. So one's <laughs> Uncle Chris and one is Chris Marler. Yes, pretty much. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, head to my bookie today. I've talked about this before. Obviously, college football is so exciting. As you can tell from my ADD mentions constantly where I <laughs> kick in, and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for football. Um, there's nothing quite like college football and how exciting the season can be. But there's something to be said for how much even more exciting it is when you've got a little money on the line, when you're gambling. And if you're doing that, you want to do it in a place like my bookie. Listen, who you're betting on... As you guys can tell from last week, uh, it's just as important as where you're betting. It's honestly probably more important, to be honest. So head over to mybookie.ag today, sign up, make an account. Again, they will match your initial deposit up to 200%. So, yeah, it's hard managing two different accounts, okay? It's like I I got a main account and I got a side account. You know what I mean? I've heard about it in rap songs, but it's usually not with the like gambling, uh, nope, gambling accounts, but that's not. fine, and no one's going to judge me for it, or maybe they will. Regardless, you can bet on everything. Last night, your boy Uncle Chris put a little bet in that there was going to be a score in the first inning of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, what do you call it, Washington Nationals game, and... Lo and behold, a two-run bomb was hit. So you can bet on baseball. You can bet on NFL. You can bet on college football. You can bet on first-half lines, future bets. You can actually even bet down the lines up to three points. You know I love to do it. You can make parlays. You can make props. It is literally a, a bettor's dream. It's just a haven for, for I don't want to say being a degenerate, but just having fun. It is There's so much you can do at MyBookie. Head over there today, mybookie.ag. Boom. Utah State, the Fighting Jordan loves. Perfect segue.
0: Against LSU, twenty-eight point favorite is LSU. Marler, what do you got?
1: Um, I don't. I don't. Is this line high enough? I
0: see. Coming into the season, you know, people forget Utah State had a top three offense in FBS last year. Yeah, that was also with a different coaching staff. They now have Gary Anderson, who you might know him from his fail time at oregon state something that is very near bay is not happy oregon. about that yeah was he and, uh, wait gary his, was
1: he also a kicker for like the vikings you're mixing you're mixing
0: gary anderson's here there's more, more than one gary Anderson. okay in <laughs> um gary anderson was also the wisconsin coach and then abruptly decided to just was that guy own a
1: state farm agency in topeka uh,
0: i think that's a pretty safe bet he definitely <laughs> does gary anderson is not exactly somebody that i want to put my chips on yeah which Jordan Love has has not put up the numbers that we thought he was going to, despite the fact that they sent that those nice candygrams to me. In the well, beginning I didn't get of the one. Year. Yeah, it's fine. It's a Football Writers Association of America list that they sent them all to. I'm not a big candygram fan. It didn't have a lasting impression, but I did take the notepad, wow. and I do always use the notepads that they sent.
1: That's nice. So.
0: That's my long-winded way of saying, I'm taking LSU to cover. Of course I'm taking LSU to cover. Every time I pick against LSU to cover, they always make me look like an idiot, and then they put up 70 points, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I not picking LSU to cover when I believe in this offense so much? I think they have time to get after it on the defensive side. I think they make life really, really difficult for a Utah State team that is coming across the country, playing in a game that's starting at 11 o'clock local time. I don't think that sets up well for Utah State.
1: I don't think it sets up well for anybody involved because I I, I tell you what – I, I love the fact that Utah State's averaging almost 40 points a game, even though LSU's averaging 60. That over at 74 is pretty enticing. That is pretty enticing, just saying. Um, both these teams are teams that are averaging over 500 yards per game on offense. That is a lot. I, I think this is – you're talking about an LSU team that is obviously 4-0. Both teams are 3-1 against the spread. But you're talking about an LSU team that's coming off a bye, and all they've heard, this is not a program that has been – Consistently being patted on the back, you know it's it's great that they've had like a, a fast start, just like last year, and their their offense has finally turned a corner. But that defense, which we thought was going to be the calling card of this team, and, and usually a team with you know an Ed Ordon team or at LSU in general, has not looked great. They they just flat out have not looked great. I think they are going to come out uh, a little bit healthier. I think they're going to come out and try to try to put the clamps on on Utah State's offense. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it early because, <laughs> as most of you know. It, Death Valley at at, during, at night is a lot different than Death Valley during the day. It's like being so, it, there's a big. I remember this is something my dad told me when I was like twenty. He was like, "Chris, just to let you know, because I know you're going tailgating somewhere." He's like, "There's a big difference between dr- being drunk at night and a big difference between drunk during the day, and it's it's not always pretty." I don't even know what it's gonna
0: look like to have LSU playing in a eleven o'clock game. It's just gonna be so bizarre to see. They're talking about playing in, in the heat of the day. The over-under is actually related to Utah State and the weather change that they're going to experience. Yep. Utah State has been practicing all week in 50-degree weather, and apparently Oof. overnight lows are in the 30s. Really? Um, Where's that? Yeah, at? and this game is expected to be a game that's played in the low 90s in terms of temperature. Yeah. How many references are we going to get to Utah State's weather change, especially if there's cramping or if there's something like that? I set the over-under at 1.5.
1: Oh, over, over, without a doubt. And it, listen, this is a team, by the way. Their only loss is by three points at Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is a very, very underrated team, in my opinion. Um I, I think that when you look at this LSU defense, I know we've harped on it. I just brought it up. They gave up thirty-eight points to Texas. They gave up thirty-eight points to Vandy, but but fourteen of that was on on defense, um, for like Vandy scoring defense stuff like that. I, I I'm going to take LSU to cover in this game. I, I don't think the the line is high enough.
0: Okay. Let's go on to Troy and Mizzou. Mizzou is a twenty-five Ugh. point favorite in this one. Mizzou coming off of a bye week. Troy is still still playing SEC teams. Always seems to be playing SEC yeah. teams, just kind of constantly. Mizzou, that, that's a that's a big big spread for for Mizzou, uh, a team that's looked really good since the opener. Are you taking the Tigers' to cover?
1: that is that sucks I that is that line is way too high I hate it It, like Mm. 25 is one of my least I I talk about that that five the line being like five a lot and and hating that 25 is even worse I, I don't I don't like that at all what I will say is this this Missouri team is a team that is they're giving up 230 yards per game on defense that is by far the best in the SEC for total defense I don't know if twenty five points if I like that that much. Um, Troy, they have a new coach in place. This is not the same Troy that went into Baton Rouge a couple years ago uh, and knocked them off. I'm gonna take Mizzou uh, to win. I, I, I would buy that line down to twenty three and a half to feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Troy to cover just because I think it
0: could be like a twenty one point game or something like that. But twenty five yeah. just seems like kind of a lot. And I mean, they yeah
1: they're giving up thirty points a game and and. They're giving up over 300 yards to the air each game, which is, you know, maybe that's maybe that's why I don't know.
0: The over/under is related to the total rushing yards for both teams. Mizzou's run defense has been lights out since the Wyoming yeah. debacle. I set the over/under at 220 rushing yards for,
1: for, both, teams
0: com- for both teams combined.
1: That's a good. Combined. Well, yeah, that's a that's a good number. I'll say under because of the fact that. Troy is actually giving up only seventy six yards. Ah, per Ah, you did now, your homework. I thought I it was going to slide that past you. you. Absolutely not. You know I've got ESPN open right now. Um, <laughs> but but that, that also, I think those numbers are, are a little bit skewed. Uh, I'm assuming because they're still giving up almost four hundred yards a game. So a lot of that is just you know probably deficiencies in the past game. Uh, you know this is a team when you look at at this season so far. Okay, they're two and two. Um, they're not coming off a bye, which is interesting. They took a bye after the first week when they played Campbell, which makes no sense. They've lost two games, right? They're 2-2. and They've lost those games by a total of 12 points, uh, and they've put up a combined 85 points in those games. So you know what? I'm going to take Troy to cover.
0: Okay, you talked yourself out of it. I I like it. I did. Last minute change. We're both on board the the Troy train. Vandy and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a full touchdown, seven-point favorite in this one, something that I did not expect uh, early in the season. I'll admit I've I've been wrong about Ole Miss so far. Who are you taking in this one?
1: I'm going to take Ole Miss, man. I, I, I. In, before the season started, I, I, think I had Vandy pick to win this game, um, because I just I wasn't high on Ole Miss, and I think I was wrong. I, I think I was definitely wrong about Ole Miss. I, I'm 100 percent going to bite down to six points. Uh, I, I've said this before. I will never forgive Vandy or, um, what do you call it? Uh, North Illinois. Illinois. Yep. For that, what happened last week? Um, what I was able to watch last week from Ole Miss, I think that defense is severely underrated. And I know what they looked like, and they gave up however many yards and how many points to Bama last week. Bama's a different animal. What they're able to do in the run game, you saw last week having John Rice Plumlee rush for over 100 yards. You didn't even get Scotty Phillips going. This is a very young offense, but it's a very experienced defense that's looked a lot better this year. So I'm going to take Ole Miss, I'm going to take them to cover, because that Vandy team has a lot of problems. The one thing, and I've said, I think Vandy is the worst
0: team in the SEC right now. I'm sorry for all of our Vandy listeners. I I think that they are the worst team in the SEC. I think Ole Miss wins and covers. The one thing, though, that makes me a little bit worried, the one thing is that post-Bama game. That post-Bama game where an offensive line that really got after it, they ran the ball a ton in that game, physical in the trenches up front. If If that has an impact in this one, I I don't know if you can always definitively point at a game and say, oh yeah, because they did this last week. That's what happened this week. But that would be the one thing that would give me a little bit of pause. But I will still yeah. reluctantly take Ole Miss to cover just because I feel like I've been on the wrong side of Ole Miss and I've been underestimating him too much.
1: And I like John Rice Pumley running the Rich Rod offense. I'll tell you what I, what I don't like about this game, and this is just me being nostalgic here. I used to love this game because I, I think they might have played every year, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like they did, and and this seemed like it was always just the perfect. It wasn't always two great teams, but it was always like a close game. It was like a Jefferson Pilot twelve thirty game. It was a perfect like appetizer or appetizer, as Stanley would say, mm-hmm. uh, to start the day. So, how many times in
0: this game are we going to hear the words quarterback controversy on the broadcast? I set the over under at two point five.
1: Yeah, I would take over that. Just because you know what? You should, I wonder controversy. Controversy by itself controversy. Is, is like honestly that that might be the one because of everything that happened last week with Pickney or Pinkney Hill Pinkney. If, if we're talking about just Ole Miss,
0: I think that, that 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 has a chance of hitting by itself. Yeah, but here's the thing that I come back to: If Andy's offense sputters again, and if they yeah. decide, you know what, we got to see what we got in Deuce Wallace. We got to we got to put him in for Riley Neal, and then maybe if he performs well, I I think that the the, the two point five. I could see that the I could see the over on that one definitely. Yeah, it's one. fine. Georgia and Tennessee, a game that we've already talked about. Georgia twenty-five point favorite in this one. We think the dogs are going to be able to run the ball with success against the Vols. The last two years have been ugly. I, I, I just from what we've seen so far from these two teams in 2019, we don't expect this one to be close. Or maybe you've talked yourself into it being close in the last
1: five minutes, Marlar, Who you got? Um. Wait, we're talking about Georgia. I'm sorry, I blinked for a second. <laughs> Georgia, Tennessee. Thanks, for Georgia. Listening. Appreciate Georgia. it. Well, I, was, I was still working. Uh, Georgia, and I, I think it's not close at all. I, I like. Here's the thing. Uh, this is what I always go back to, and I hate that 25 point line. But I go back to this all the time when I say teams like like Bama or Auburn, and this and Georgia. Honestly, this year with the way their defense is played, and and the people they have, and how talented they are, in defense. They might be a better better example of this than, than either of the uh, aforementioned teams is Georgia going to score 28 points usually I say is Georgia going to score 40 is this team going to score 40 right. is the other going to score 10 I'm going to yeah. I'm going to really put it low here man is Georgia going to score 30 31 points
0: I gotta think so yes 100 percent.
1: So. they'll do it in the first half is Tennessee going to score a touchdown and I don't, I don't think there's a definitive answer. Yes, Georgia will will destroy Tennessee this weekend. That stadium will be empty by, by halftime. There's like, ugh, this is this is one of those things where we're like, I I wish we could use your your phrase that you know you love so much the Jim Chaney flex games. I'm sure he's going to want. I was just going to say that. Why did you have to blow that for me? <laughs> well, I mean, like, oh, he, come he's on. definitely he's definitely you know probably wants like some revenge just because of like all the like they, they he he got a, he made a a better decision for himself like a business decision and then everyone's like we didn't want him anyway that being said the, tennessee has nothing it's georgia. not working out it's not, not working out nothing for georgia
0: yeah. um i'm really really upset that you said jim cheney flex game that I am
1: too. Very,
0: very angry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't think it'll be a Jim Cheney flex game in this one. I am so tired of picking Tennessee to cover and just waiting for this team repeatedly and looking like an absolute idiot because i picked them to cover in the three games that they played against FBS teams and I've been wrong every single stinking time. So you know what? I'm picking Georgia to cover in this one. For all the reasons that I mentioned above, I think they have the battle up front one and i think this is a game that they should be able to roll and i think kirby will have plenty of ammo for how close that game was late last yeah. year speaking of jim cheney flex games Ugh. how many shots are we going to get of jim cheney up in the booth i set the over under at
1: 3.5 oh it's way over way over
0: do you show them after every first down the Tennessee gets in this game? They'll
1: show it in the beginning of the game. They'll show it after the first interception when which Garantana will throw within the first 15 minutes, guaranteed. Um, they'll show it after. Uh, they'll, they'll show Coley probably too. That's a, I mean. Yep. Got to show Coley. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's it's definitely over.
0: The worst preseason take I think that that we've well the, the worst preseason I've had lots of bad preseason takes. The worst one you've owned up, you've owned up to this. The worst preseason take that you've had so
1: far is Jared Garantano and this it's offense. So bad, I, dude. I, um, I honestly, I thought. I mean, he played well given the circumstances last year, and and you surrounded him with better talent. You surrounded him with a better offensive coordinator. You surrounded him with what I thought was going to be more protection in the offensive line. They have they had the most returning production out of any offense in the entire country besides Oregon. I, it makes no sense that he could have regressed this badly. But, yes, I, 100% will own up to that. That is I, – I, I joked around a couple weeks ago saying that, like, me me thinking Tennessee was going to be the most improved team in the country and how the safest bet was to have them increase their wins. I was wrong about all that. That Same. pales in comparison to how wrong I was about Jared Garantano. He has done nothing to make me believe in him or this team this year. David Ubin at the Athletic
0: did a great story on just the baffling regression of Garantano and it's the best and way to much, put it, and how much he has struggled against pressure when last year he was so good against pressure and being able to to hang in the pocket. It's yeah. just been a totally different story. All right, Auburn, Florida, the big game in college football this week. Auburn is a three-point favorite. That line started as a pick 'em. It is moved. It is moved in favor of Auburn. Marler, you talked yourself into Florida, haven't you?
1: Uh, I don't. I. I don't. I'm in a glass case of emotion when it comes Love to this it. game, and I don't know. Listen, I don't know if it's because I. Auburn's five and zero, right? And they're five and zero against the spread as well. And that defense, like I said, is they have caused so many problems, and they've caused problems for teams with better offensive lines than Florida. Oregon has one of the best offensive lines in the country, and and they were able to stay in that game. Now, like Bo Nix, he has been great. He, he showed out, just balled out, all last week against Mississippi State. Even Coach Chiswick said that was a terrible matchup for Mississippi State. Yep. You are going into what is going to be the most hostile environment you, you've played in so far. Forget Oregon and 100,000 people in front of them. Forget going to A&M at 2.30 when they're bragging about how many hot dogs and waters they sell per game on CBS, whatever that was. I, this is the most hostile environment you yep. will face until the end of, end of this month. And I'm going to take Florida. I'm I'm taking Florida. I, I'm right. I, I, I'm taking them plus three and a half. I would buy a half point but I, I really like this Auburn team and I and I don't necessarily like this pick that much like I'm not saying with that much confidence I just think that Kyle Trask has done so much more than we've given him credit for even though it's been you know his first couple of games you look at that receiving core it's as deep as anyone in the country it's it's obviously not as good as Bama's but it's as deep as anyone in the country and he spreads the ball around you know completing passes to eight nine 10 receivers. That's something that, like, Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen is a lot of things, and, and one of those things is he's a great offensive mind, and he knows how to scheme people open. He knows how to, you know, make you try to play left-handed defensively. I, I have to think he's going to have a plan in place, because if he tries to just hand the ball off to Piran and, and run the ball down their throats, Not gonna it's going to be a long day. That, Not it, so work. you can't do that. But I, I, I think Florida's going to win behind that home crowd. It's, I think you made the best point. It's going to be a lot like that LSU game last year. Could be, could be. That was the loudest I'd ever heard of stadium, if you, if you
0: recall. <laughs> I stand by that take. I still absolutely stand by that take. You know what New Gus does to people who pick against him?
1: Burns a cigarette on their forearm.
0: Pants them, and roundhouse kicks him in the face. Boom! New Gus just roundhouse kicked you in the face. And I think that his defense has potential to send a loud roundhouse kick to the face to Ooh. Florida's offense. Whoa! Yeah, I went there. It's actually not Gus's. I think defense. Gus's defense I was Yeah, it's Kevin, it's Kevin Steele's defense. I get it, whatever. All right, whatever. But here's the thing that I keep coming back to in this game. I think it's going to be super difficult for Florida to move the ball and sustain drives when it doesn't have that reliable running game. That is the biggest difference with this team. They really ran the ball well in that game last year against LSU, and they wore down that LSU defense down the stretch. I can't see them being able to do that in this one, and I think they're going to be in too many obvious passing situations, and that's not something you want against that defensive line. I come back to the fact that Florida against Towson, six rushes for 16 yards for LaMichael P. Ryan. Your all-SEC running back against Towson. He's Towson. got 3.7 yards per carry this year. It has not been good clearing, making holes. I understand that they're going to do a three-headed rushing attack. Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, they're going to get involved. But still, I think this is going to be so, so difficult for, for Florida to be able to sustain drives, and especially not having Kadarius Tony in this one, somebody who can hit on a big home run play. Florida needs to get a big-time special teams play, in my opinion. Maybe a Freddie Swain punt return for a touchdown. Something like that in this one. But I think Auburn's going to win, and I think Auburn's going to cover. I think it'll be a great game, a defensive struggle, a classic SEC game that I'm really looking forward to. But I I keep going back to Auburn.
1: So and, and I can't I can't argue that. So let me do it. Um, I will. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but like I, I I can't argue with anything the stuff you said because it's it's all very Good very jump. sound points. But what I will say is this is going to be one of those games where. This is a classic SEC game. And you know what? Honestly, I literally if, just said that, and you said you wouldn't hold argue on, against hold me. Hold on what I'm saying. Just listen to what like, – also, now that we both said it, it's probably going to be like a 45 <laughs> to 43 game or something stupid. Yes, it will. But, no, I, I'm saying that, like, this This has to feel like one of those things where it's like, all right, like last year you talked about the LSU-Florida game. I thought LSU came out, and they punched Florida in the mouth, and they were yep. outplaying, and they went right down the field and scored. And then, you know, you look up, and it's the fourth quarter, and you're like, wait, how the hell are they still in this game? This is going to be one of those like first to 20 wins the game. And you, if you get a, a score in special teams, you get a score um what do you call it, you get a couple defensive stops, you get a missed field goal, you get something like that or strip sack something strip like Strip sack, yeah. Like or like you know, like you score on a trick play, it's it's first to 20, I think wins this game. And and I think I I just I like having 93,000 just hot ass hollering people <laughs> screaming at you in the swamp. I I, I honestly like there's a reason why they have you know I'm not gonna get on this high horse I, I I just I like Florida I was gonna set the I, I
0: should have set the over under at Dan Mullen trick plays now that you bring that up he's yeah. definitely gonna have he's definitely gonna have a couple tricks up his sleeve he always right. does did last year in the in the LSU game would be surprised if he Jonathan didn't have Bernard's food.
1: gonna be taking snaps yes <laughs> so.
0: oh for sure just run Wildcat with him and it'll yeah. work I set the
1: over under for total sacks in this one at eight point five what do you got I'm going to take the under because I think that both offensive coordinators and, and both offensive coaches are probably smart enough to get around that. Um, yeah, that is a, that's, that's a good line. Like tackles, tackles, tackles for loss is what I want to know.
0: See, tackles for loss is tough to predict, and I think that the team that's able to control the line of scrimmage, as cliche as it sounds, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, we're, we're going to look back and be like, wow, okay, that, that pretty much told the story right there in this game. Yeah. Let's do locks of the week. Yours is one that is has become your kind of your go to bet. I, yeah. I'm surprised that you of all people have made this Big Ten bet as much as you have this year. Well,
1: it's it's money. There, so I, yeah, my lock of the week. I, I'm, this is going to be a week where I get back to basics, and I, I I'm I'm broken and defeated. Uh, it's like we, we reference heavyweights a lot, like when when what's his name Tony Perkins is is sitting there in the little cage and sell at the end of the movie, and he's like, I'm a broken man, Nicholas. <laughs> That's how I feel after what happened last week with my bets, the UAB, and also Vandy. Um, I'm taking Ohio State. I, I didn't make it when I locks last week, and I should have. I'm taking Ohio State, minus nine and a half in the first half against Michigan State. They are averaging, uh, their, sc- their scoring margin in the first half of games this year is 31 points. That's a, I, I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds and get, give myself a, a three-touchdown safety net there um, total um spread in that game i think is 20 right what I, I oh yeah 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 yeah. That game. yeah 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 oh, i was uh, mixing up when you said total I, i'm gonna take the other one is uh, uh, i'm already doing it connor i'm already doing too much because i'm looking at more stuff and yeah, now i'm man. like oh i like that i like that i'll say this i my other my other lock i'm, I'm gonna again get back to basics ucf money line I'm not going to take the four points. I'm just taking the. I'm taking the money line. Okay. Going on at the road. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, on the road at Cincinnati. It's a Friday night game. That's another reason why I got goosebumps. Because I'm like, oh, I got some. I'm invested emotionally into a game tomorrow on Friday, and of course on Saturday. So that's perfect. I will take UCF money line, even though they're playing literally like on a, a just a Halloween doormat at like that stadium. That UCF's got that black so turf. So weird. So weird. And, and the other one. Screw it. Let's do this. You. Ugh. Bay's listening. It's better score me some points. Oregon State plus 7.5 at home against UCLA. Let's go. We're living in a world in which UCLA and Oregon State are
0: playing and I I don't know what's more insulting. The fact that Oregon State is a a 7.5 point dog at home or the fact that UCLA can possibly be favored in a road game right now.
1: Yeah, I don't... don't. Oh wait, it says it's in Pasadena. Hold on
0: oh okay then all right i thought, it was, in,
1: I thought it was in corvallis we'll, t- we'll take that one off we'll add georgia 23 and a half. okay there you go
0: i'm gonna stick in the pack 12 my lock of the week is cal plus 18 at oregon so i've got some Ooh. stats for you i looked up some stats i know you said you were going back to basics you weren't gonna get caught up in the numbers i got caught up in the numbers because love it right when i saw that line i was curious and i had to, I, I love these stats about how teams play against power five teams i think it dictates a lot in 12 games against Power Five opponents under your boy Mario Cristobal, yeah boy, there have been two wins by 18, by more than 18 points for Oregon. So that's that's not saying that much. They're a team yeah. that has not really put the put the clamps on and really kind of put the foot on the gas, so to speak. It was last year at home against three win UCLA and at two win Ooh. Oregon State, as you just referenced. So not very good teams. Cal, much better team in my opinion. In two games against Power Five opponents this year, Oregon scored 21 points in each of those games. Granted, the Auburn defense really, really good. Stanford defense? Uh, ask UCF about the Stanford defense.
1: Yeah.
0: In 25 weird. in 25 games against Power Five opponents under Justin Wilcox, the Cal head coach, they have three losses by more than 18 points. It's Cal. I mean, that's that's actually saying a lot. I think. Yeah. It's Cal. It's not. We're not talking about you know a historic program here. And they've gone ten straight games against a power five team without a loss of more than eighteen points. Cal, by the way, is only allowing eighteen point six points per game. Yeah. Cal plus eighteen lock of the week. Lock of the week serve back.
1: I hate I hate that pick so much. No what? I thought you would like
0: that. I, I, I explained it. I, I know I, I, I numbers along <laughs> with it. I, I didn't use I didn't big have words so you could
1: understand it. I, <sighs> um, no, I, I just, uh, just it just makes me nervous. That's all. I really want to pick this Oregon State game. I thought it was in Corvallis, though. Oh well, that's fine. So let's just let's just say, let's just go. You know what? Let's just we'll dial it back because let's get back to basics. Okay, we killed it. when We had just three picks. We'll you like? I like your cow. We'll trim the fat. I like your cow pick. I'll take Ohio State. No, nah, we're not going to throw it back. We'll take Ohio State, UCF, and we'll take Georgia 23 and a half. Beautiful, beautiful. We will make sure to tweet out all of our locks
0: of the week. Uh, we'll, we'll tweet out all of them and Oops. not forget the Ohio State one. That would have made you look really, really smart. Oof. Let's kick it to our interview with Kirk Herbstreit. We talked about a lot of different things, a lot of different stuff in the SEC, some some Heisman talk. You got him laughing. When you can get Herb Street laughing like that, I I'm always so impressed because he does not do that very much. Um, yeah, but I think that's the second or third time that we've had him on in which he has cackled. So that's probably Connor. I'm really a funny. Good sign.
1: I don't I don't I don't think you knew this. I'm really funny.
0: Uh, did, you know, have you ever heard that like you're a comedian? I, I think I've heard that
1: once or twice. I, that's, 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 anyway, no, it was fun. It was. You know what I did? I listened to the interview we had with him last year, and we were just both... You, you know, to be honest, when we do these interviews, it makes me feel better when I get you to laugh before the other guy, because I'm like, okay, because Connor doesn't break face a lot. So there you go. <laughs> I just did it right there. There you go. All right,
0: well, let's kick it to our interview with Kirk Herbstreet. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest, a repeat guest... It is the man who needs no introduction. It's Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there was a shot of you and Fowler in the booth on Saturday night, and both of your hands looked extremely green. Uh, How are you doing, and if you and Fowler got this taken care of?
2: Man, I heard that uh, my wife actually texted me the same thing, and and (laughs) I let our producer and our director know, and our technology that we use, the camera has this green lighting around it, and I guess you have to be like eight feet um, away from that camera, and because of the configuration of the, the booth in, um, in Lincoln, we're about seven and a half feet, and so we, uh, we evidently learned a, a valuable lesson how important it is to, to move some walls around to get us back to eight feet, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that'll be a, a problem in the future, but uh, yeah, I, I heard that from a number of people.
0: Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Good to know. Mystery is solved. Kirk is joining us on behalf of Goodyear. Kirk, before we talk some football here, why don't you tell our listeners how they can join the head of the hall sweepstakes for a chance to ride in the one and only Goodyear blimp?
2: Well, not only a a ride to go in the blimp, this is actually a huge deal for fans uh, in the South, uh, assuming that uh, there's going to be a team or two maybe making a run to the playoffs because between now and November 7th, if, if uh, fans go to uh, www.headedtothehall.com, it gives you an opportunity. You can register actually each individual up to 10 times. They're just going to pull names and, and find out who wins. But you mentioned uh, uh, being able, one of the prizes is to be able to go in the blimp. Uh, also, a, a private tour of the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Tickets to the Peach Bowl, which is a playoff game this year. Um, access at the game to the Hall of Fame. Uh, suite at the game and also a chance to meet um, some of the hall of famers uh, in the suite. So big opportunity to, uh, to win a pretty cool prize. All you have to do is register at www.headed to the
1: Man, I know we're supposed to promote that, but I, I kind of feel, I wish we wouldn't have, cause I, I want to do that. I wish that we could just <laughs> what I was saying. Thing up Exactly. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, Kirk, we had you on here last year and we, we talked about, uh, you know, Nashville restaurants and bars and and the office and all the places to avoid in Shreveport. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting old and a little soft here, but you've obviously been almost everywhere on the college ball map, seen some incredibly cool things throughout your years at ESPN. That being said, earlier this season, you got to watch your twin sons Jake and Ty on the field at Clemson before Georgia tech. Where does that rank in your all time favorite moments at ESPN and why didn't you send them to Alabama?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, I, I would say that be, I, I'm I'm a, um, a guy that with my, I have four boys and I am all about them living their lives and what they want to do. And because of the way, like, for example, this past weekend, I took my youngest son uh, with me. And I've done this with all my boys, but I took my youngest who's in seventh grade with me to Lincoln, Nebraska. And we're playing catch on the field as the teams are warming up around us. You know, we're playing catch and he's throwing the ball and catching the ball and, He hangs out down there during the game, and he's hanging out with Chase Young and Justin Fields. And and so my kids have been around that kind of thing their whole lives. So my twins, who are not high-profile recruits, decided that they wanted to keep playing football. It was not like they had a a huge list of schools to go to, but they happened to go to Clemson's football camp and did a a pretty good job, and that's when Dabo had approached them about being a preferred walk-on. And so he recruited them their entire senior year with the opportunity to go and and be a preferred walk-on, a lot of the kids at their school go to liberal arts school, Division three up on the you know the East Coast, and my kids couldn't imagine playing in a high or college stadium that was smaller than their high school stadium because of the world that they've right. grown up in. So they wanted to be around big-time college football, So they decided to take the preferred walk-on opportunity at Clemson and Dabo, and and of course I gave it my blessing, knowing Dabo really well. But that seeing them run down the hill. I just happened to be there because game day was there to kick off the season. Um, But, yeah, man, to see him in that uniform run down the hill and doing what they wanted to do was uh, what made it
0: one of the best uh, experiences that I've had for sure. So cool. So cool. Um, So – you know, you talked about uh, being you know in Lincoln over the weekend. You obviously got to see Ohio State, really put it on Nebraska. You ruffled some feathers in SEC country because after your call of that game, you said Ohio State was your number one team in the country. I agree with you that they're the most complete team in the country, maybe not the most proven team. Would you take them to beat any team in America on a neutral site tomorrow? Well, first, yeah, a little bit of background
2: on people getting their, you know, getting frustrated or frustrated about whatever I might say. Um... This is the same guy that's an Ohio State alum that last year right. I said that Georgia, after they – Georgia deserved, despite losing to Alabama, deserved to go in ahead of Ohio State into the playoffs yeah. because I was just being honest. And the year before that, when everybody thought I right. walked off the desk because they put Alabama in, because I was mad that they put Alabama in. No, no, no. I was happy they put Alabama in. I walked off because I was shocked they did the right thing by putting one of the four best teams – in the playoff into the playoff in Alabama so I just say what I think and if you agree with me great but if you don't please understand I don't have an agenda uh, most Ohio State fans hate me because I I don't always go to bat for Ohio State um, so true. that's the background on it uh, but right now sure that it's they get much bigger challenges beginning this week with Michigan State and then eventually they play Penn State Wisconsin Michigan so they'll be challenged down the road but just watching every team play, you're splitting hairs right now when it comes to Ohio State, Alabama, uh, even a team like Auburn, Oklahoma, who's out there playing great. I just think Ohio State's been the most complete team through five weeks of football. Um, offense, defense, they can't help who they're playing, and they're ambushing them. I mean, it's like it's like watching them play high school teams, and that is new for Ohio State. They have not done that in the past when they played these type of teams and so five weeks in taking away any preseason thoughts that you might have had about who should be the best and who should not be i think you have to tip your cap and, and recognize the way they're executing on both sides of the football it could change next week but after five weeks uh i have ohio state instantly pollock and desmond i think had ohio state at number one uh going into the game against nebraska wow. as as i did as well so um, I think a lot of people look at Ohio State as, as probably the top team in the country right now.
1: I mean, yeah, we're, we're an SEC podcast. It's a tough pill to swallow, but we, we both agree with you. So, um, <laughs> that being said, you know, like, it seems like this year, more, a lot more than this year than last year, you have a lot of the top teams or elite teams that have some glaring issues or flaws. In your eyes, what flaws concern you the most for some of the top SEC teams like Bama, LSU, UGA, and even Florida and Auburn?
2: Uh, let's start with Alabama. I don't, I don't know if there's anything that like we need to jump up and down and panic about, but I, I think that when the going gets tough and, and the games that are going to come up with eventually come up, um, I think the health of their front seven is going to be important. Being able to pressure the quarterback, uh, with somebody besides Anthony Jennings will be very, very important. Um, you know, I, I think being able to run the football, it looks like they're getting into a better place with getting a little more physical and getting healthier at the line of scrimmage. I think it will be big because I don't want, I don't think Alabama wants to be just Tua and that very talented group of wide receivers. I think Bama, one of the things that Nick Saban said when he went out and brought Sark back is we kind of need to get back to when we need to run the ball, we need to be able to run the ball. And so I think that's the part of their offense in these bigger games that I'm excited to kind of see where they are. Um, Auburn, I think it's more about just Bo Nix. I mean, their defense is going to keep them in every game they play. Um, do they have enough playmakers on the outside? I mean, Seth Williams is a good player. Will Hastings, Eli Stowe, those are all very good players. I don't know if they necessarily strike fear in your heart. Um, and with a true freshman at quarterback who's going to be a superstar eventually, I think Gus is what's the first time in four years he's calling plays. He's doing a good job of just, just kind of, spoon seeding Bo Nix and, and a lot of jet sweeps and a lot, a lot of high percentage throws, but that's going to have to change starting this weekend if they're going to they're going to beat teams like Florida, um, LSU. You know, I'm in love with LSU to be honest. I I love what Joe Burrow is doing with Joe Brady. I mean, it that that's probably been one of the best storylines of the season to me is Joe Burrow and the offense. Um, we could sit here and Nick nitpick the defense and because the offense is scoring and going so fast and that negatively impacted the defense. Um, I don't think they're quite playing to the level uh, that we expected them to be playing. Um, So those, and then with Georgia, you know, there's Georgia, the Notre Dame game is the one game that I look at Georgia and I think, I love Jake Fromm. I have since he's been a freshman, but they've got to be more than, than just, the the big playmaking ability of being able to run the football. And I thought the second half against Notre Dame, it wasn't just DeAndre Swift. I think they finally started to get a little bit more aggressive, and they started kind of throwing the ball and pushing the ball down the field with, you know, Blaylock and Pickens and Cager making those catches up high. And I think that's the area that George is going to have to grow is being able to be aggressive downfield, throwing the ball, and, and taking some of the heat off of Swift, having to kind of carry the load for that offense.
0: All right, Kirk, we got uh, two games for you to get you out on here. We know you got a tight schedule, so let's. First game that we're going to play. If you correctly predict this, you unlock the ability to give your beloved Cincinnati Reds their first World Series in three decades. Let's just pretend that <laughs> it's a multiple choice question, and I want you to tell me who's your pick to win the Heisman among this bunch. A. Tua Loa, B. Justin Fields. C. Jalen Hurts. D. Joe Burrow. Oh my gosh!
2: Oh. A lot riding gosh. on this. Um. I I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a tough out. I think he's.
0: I almost feel like
2: he's a sentimental favorite on the nation because of what he went through. And now, tell me who in, on his schedule is going to stop him. I, they might lose Nobody. the game, but tell me who's going to stop him from having a monster game. Not Texas.
1: I, I mean, Kansas. it's going to be a shootout <laughs> with him and Ellinger. So
2: I'll err on the side of Jalen Hurts.
1: I like that. I like that. Um, all right, so one one last game before we get you out of here, Kirk. We played Family Feud. Usually it's ten questions. We have a little mini Family Feud now. It's only five questions. Um, I can't promise a Reds World Series, but if you get all five of these right... Uh, I'm happy to announce that you and I will be riding in the Goodyear blimp together at the end of the season <laughs> also go to the Hall of fame uh just basically oh, spend okay. the day It'll be a lot of fun It'll be a lot of fun oh, love it are you ready to play? I'm ready okay first question you live in Nashville what is your go to karaoke song?
2: Oh my gosh dude. I see I don't do I don't go to the karaoke bars. There's got to be
1: something in the car. Um, little Tim McGraw, uh, little a, Jason LD. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: a Kenny Chesney guy, so I, uh, back where I come from.
1: Ooh, good. that's good. Love that's that good. song. Still, still no one's answered the same as mine, which is share if I could turn back time, which is fine. Um, that's just my own thing. <laughs> Second question, I'm moving into a house here in a couple weeks, need some advice. What is a man cave must-have for the new house?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, the obvious thing is that the quality of your TV and getting the getting the, a remote that you're comfortable with. You know how to navigate and work through. I mean, everybody talks about a recliner, all the different sports memorabilia around the room. But I, I would say um, making sure that the viewing... The room where you're going to view sports, the lighting is right. You don't want it big, bright, like sunlight coming through. So I'd make sure right. that the the placement of the room is in the correct. If it's in the basement, you're good. But uh, make sure that the TV is a quality TV because that's that's the most important thing.
1: Okay. I was going to say it's an oil painting of you, Bear, and Corso, like the old Death Row picture with uh, Tupac and I, love I was close I love
2: that we gotta make that happen I love it
1: I ag- agreed um, okay three left here what's a better rivalry Michigan Ohio State or Jim Harbaugh and Paul Feinbaum
2: <laughs> oh you got you gotta I don't know Is that, a, that seems to be a one-sided rivalry with Jim Harbaugh and, and Paul Feinbaum don't you think
1: well they both are to be honest yeah they
2: have been yeah they have been
1: okay. Um, fans are finally respecting UCF nowadays. So, who should SEC fans irrationally hate next?
2: Uh, well, they, they hate the Big Ten already. Um, True. I don't know if anybody falls into the category like UCF. You guys? You, I mean, that was that was kind of un. Not,
1: yeah, I don't I think don't, so. I don't
2: think there was anybody. I, I, look, go back to just hating the Big Ten.
1: Okay, we can do that as, as a whole. We can definitely do that. And last but not least, who wins the SEC?
2: Oh, dude, you can't ask me that.
0: I. I <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kirk, we'll have I, you I'll on still, in a couple
2: of months. I'll we'll still, ask you that later. I'll still lean. I'll still lean towards Tua and Alabama, but I, I'm. Telling you that, that that Alabama LSU game, I will say this: it has the makings of a Big Twelve game. Like it has the makings yeah. of a 45-42 kind of game. It really does. And um, that 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 we always call that the game of the century. This, this year, it may live up to that because I just hope everybody's healthy when they get to that game because that watching Joe Burrow with his chip on his shoulder linebacker mentality. Against Tua and the way he executes and throws the ball with those receivers, it'd be too good to be true. That would be a shootout, though, I think.
1: Yeah. Hey, well, man. and if Jake and Ty want to you know, play middle linebacker or, or D line, just <laughs> tell them to hop in that transfer portal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. I love it. There it is. Kirk, we appreciate you coming on. On behalf of a good year, we look forward to getting to do this again real, real soon and wish you the best of luck this season.
2: All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of the year.
0: You too. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kirk you guys. Appreciate Kirk coming on, as he often does with us. You know, these time slots that we have with him are, are limited. You know, he's doing the media tour and stuff like that. He's promoting whatever he's promoting. So we try, a little peel behind the onion here, we try and squeeze in as many questions with him as possible
1: yeah. that we think will give a short, interesting answer that he's not heard before. When Connor says we, he means he does. I did not do that. The one
0: thing that Marler did that I, I said right after, I'm like, Marler, you can't do that. You essentially asked him a five-part question yeah. naming each each weakness with the SEC contenders. Yeah. And right when you said that, I was like, oh, crap, this is going to yeah. turn into a three-minute answer. But that's okay, because now... Everybody knows the weaknesses of their team, and they can you know
1: all your flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Best Afterwards, we fun. had him just draw a picture of us with our bodies and circle all the uh, the the parts that he thought were worse, like they do for sororities. That sounds terrible. Uh, we did not do that.
0: <laughs> fourth and wrong. We're doing something a little bit different for fourth no. and wrong. In lieu of our usual batch of questions that we usually have, because. We heard about the California bill that was passed for athletes to be able, to, college athletes to be able to make money off of their likeness starting in 2023. We decided, you decided, rather. Yeah, what I say goes. Commercials for SEC players. So let's just say that SEC players were allowed to do commercials and participate in them and make money yeah. off
1: of their likeness. We've got some good ones here. Why don't you? Why don't you get this started off? so what we usually at fourth and Wrong we ask for your opinion and this week we decided to stop doing that we'll probably never do it again uh, no I'm kidding it's, that was harsh just, man yeah I didn't, I didn't mean it no we decided to be kind of fun um, I don't know why so we're we supposed to do this combined because your first one is the one you stole from me I didn't steal the one from you did the A&M one the one no, the one at the top. Does that just that was just your thing? No, 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 no. That was okay. that was you I was I was just putting that okay. on there. Cause you I wanted to make sure Okay, because i was talking about a solid five and this is, and I was panicking. Okay, so basically it's it's commercials that we would want to see and and actually never, mind, we're not gonna have to explain it. But yeah, it's just commercials we would want to see from current SEC football players. Okay? Commercials that
0: would fit what they've been about right. this year and right. it would just make sense for
1: them to be. If if like two o was in a um, I don't know, like a local pizza commercial that like you know, with pineapple on ham, like a pineapple on pizza commercial. He's from Hawaii, it kind of makes sense. My first one that, this is the first one that came to mind for me. And and I think it's just it's just such an appropriate uh mix here, and that is either Jake Bentley or Jarrett Garantano in the all state mayhem commercials. <laughs> just, just I like, think <laughs> everything's going JG fine. makes JG makes a lot of sense for this. A yeah. lot of sense. Everything's for this. going fine, then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm Jared Garantano. Like, it's just, I'm throwing an interception right at your hands. Like, that's, yeah, I, I think that would be perfect.
0: I'm getting depleted by four defensive <laughs> linemen. <bands.
1: laughs> it's so spot on. Oh, yeah,
0: you get the all next right. one. All right, this next one. Everybody knows the boy band who doesn't dance commercial. That's been get all up, over. Get up, get up, get up. Yeah, that song's a banger. It um, is. It was a banger the first 500 times I heard it. A and M, just the entire offense is the boy band who doesn't dance because we expected A and M. We we show up, we're excited for A and M year two in in Jimbo Fisher era, and then we're kind of looking at them and we're doing the old meme of like, yeah, picking a point the stick at them and saying, do something, man, do something, and we kind of feel awkward we're like the guy in the crowd he's like do we dance too yeah. and and ap voters are like do we put them in the top 25 still even though they haven't right. looked
1: good so far and so AM has just made us feel really awkward and it's not been satisfying at all well it's been weird too because i guess you could kind of say they had so much hype coming in the season because of all the summertime love. It's a summertime love you see what i did you there? went there, you went there. Ch- okay anyway uh for the next one this one's a no-brainer. They treat I can't Jimbo believe- like a princess. It's $75 yes, right. million. Dollars, That's right. um, I, don't, I don't know how this hasn't been brought up yet. This one's, this one's perfect. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't just single out one player, just a lot of Bama players for a local car wash. What's the best way to keep that free Dodge Charger clean, bro? Local car wash, okay? Come on down to Sips and Suds or whatever it would be. And- That'll be the
0: first endorsement deal that every single
1: athlete gets if oh, and yeah. when
0: this becomes a reality. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I
1: mean, and also, yeah, yeah, a lot of the, I, there's got to be, like, a car dealership is, is could be up there, but, yeah, this one is, this would be good. I, I'm just hoping for something that would be not, like, it's like almost just subtly obvious, if that, if that makes sense. I like that. I, no. I'd be okay with
0: that. Yeah, that's, uh, NFL players are, are all big-time car wash guys. That's, like, a yeah. very popular, because then you get the ins with the car industry and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's a great I got, business
1: to own, too, by the way. It's very low overhead. Did you learn that from Breaking Bad? No, I knew that because it was a, uh, one of our old regulars that I hated. He was rich and he was because he owned a car wash. He was the worst. And I go to the car the wash.
0: I go to the car wash. I was there Friday, and every time I go there, I feel like, wow, I just paid $14 for something that was done in 30 seconds. Yeah. i got to be well, just I mean, making a killing off
1: this. What they do. It's, it's like literally your overhead is soap, and then you pay employees. That's it. It's a lot of soap. A lot of soap. <laughs> a lot of soap. Lot of soap. <laughs> All right. I've got
0: for our freshman quarterbacks in the SEC, of which there are plenty Bo Nix, Ryan Helsinki, as you love to say, Garrett Schrader, and John Rice Plumley. They, they got to get a chocolate milk commercial because those kids ain't drinking yet. Uh, just get them a chocolate milk commercial. You'll be reminded of how young they are. They're like, I love having my post-game chocolate yeah. milk. And that's become kind of a popular <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know, Clay Thompson's got the chocolate milk deal, and it's yeah. become a little bit more popular. And every time I see it, I want to just chug an entire gallon of chocolate milk. I'm not alone. Everybody knows what it's, I'm talking it's about. It's like the
1: easiest post-workout like, meal. It's supposed to be
0: good for you. Yeah, it's good recovery. That's what yeah. they say in the commercial. I could definitely picture those four guys saying that and just reminding the world, hey – we're two years away from actually being able to allow to drink legally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, chocolate milk is. If you get free chocolate milk, that's that to me is as good a perk as any. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Um, don't give me a scholarship. I, give me free chocolate milk for the rest of my life. Don't do this because now people are going to say that online and they argue. It. They get so much free chocolate <laughs> milk, dude. We don't need to pay them. Come on. Um, okay, John Rice Plumley. Oh, we got done. another. Oh, I got. I got a. I got a whole bunch. Ax hair gel is good for him. That's, I, that's right. what I use. That's yeah. what, what do you think keeps it up slick? Uh, um, you're, you're wearing a hat currently. But... Well, I know I was, I was making the joke about it from wedding crashers. Remember the honey? Remember I put the honey in my hair, and you're like, "That yeah. is disgusting. That is cool. Um, so John Rice Plumley, he's got great hair. He's got fantastic hair. And and uh, I, so I would say, yeah, Ax hair gel. I think that would be good. I, I guess I'll keep this going. This one is a no-brainer. Jake From Cabela's or Bass Pro oh, Shop. Oh yeah. You know I mean?
0: yeah. On a Marty Smith commercial.
1: Oh yeah. Where Lauren yeah. Rutledge is like, "What are you doing here, Marty?" Oh, uh, y'all, I'm Drake Fromm. I'm just out here. Did you see his, his Instagram yesterday? Where he's like sprinting through this field with just like holding a goose or some crap from his neck. Unless he cut, unless he killed a goose on a, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big hunter, but I, I'm, I'm all for people killing geese on golf courses. They're the worst. So Jake Fromm has has your permission to be able
0: to, to shoot a goose on a golf course.
1: I would if I had a dream foursome for golf, I would bring Jake Fromm. Not because of his personality, because I want him to sit shotgun, sniping angry ass geese. They're the worst. Geese are worse than cats. I, I can't. I should have said that last week. That's my own fault. Surprise! I've never heard yeah. that take from you before. That's a strong take. <laughs> um, last but not least, geese are the angriest angriest animals that are. They're they're terrifying. True. Last but not least, Mizzou, the entire team for Morgan and Morgan. Or Montlick and Associates, whatever, like TV, daytime, like lawyers and stuff like that. Hey, we're Morgan and Morgan. That guy's voice is just, will put you to sleep. Um, yeah, so they can fight the NCAA. That's perfect. There's, they still need to fight the NCAA, too, because apparently we just aren't going to find
0: out about this until, what, maybe a week before a potential bowl game or something like that. You know? I, I'm
1: just so over the NCAA, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. we already let's gave him go- a bowl game we don't need to give him any money
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's go to it might mean too much this came via our facebook group which you should totally join if you have not yet already this is from ryan strogan i think i'm saying your name right ryan strong no ah, i'm sorry yes yeah, strong strong it's, it's it's ryan it's he's ryan. funny yeah um he posted this um it might mean too much in south louisiana it is for those of you who haven't seen this it is essentially an elevated trailer that is painted LSU color, so purple and gold, with LSU and tigers on it. And it looks exactly what you would expect in this yes. area, given that it's elevated. They need that for the flooding, all that. But having the – the because it's the siding, too, that's that's painted – or that, that's not painted, but they got it in this color. They even have the shutters in purple. You just kind of need to see it, and you'll look at it, and you'll be like – yeah, that belongs in the SEC. That's not in any other region of no. the country a, a house, a trailer, whatever this is like that. They just don't do that. But with LSU, it actually kind of looks pretty natural. It, it didn't look that crazy to me. But I would, then I was just thinking about if we saw this from Penn State somewhere. You'd never oh, see this up in Pennsylvania. No, no. you never see Oregon fans have,
1: have a trailer that looks like this. And the fact that it's. Don't start, because Bay will come at you about that Oregon thing. There's a lot of country folk in, in Oregon. Oh, I'm not down it, but yeah. they're not—they're not, they're not
0: rolling this. I mean, they're—they're they're weird up in the Pacific Northwest. They're not this—this this kind of weird. Yeah, they're,
1: it's a different kind of weird for sure. I mean, Backpedal all you want, but she's still pissed. Uh, um, Marla, are you gonna—are you gonna have
0: a, a trailer that looks like that with with Bama colors one day? I
1: just remember—I just remember driving like with my dad and my stepmom back in the day, and we'd be like, we'd see trailers like like like, oh, we got a double Y. Like you knew you had money, not if you had a double Y, but if you had a. a, a, a a stacked double wide if it, was, if it was stacked on top I was like damn you got stairs in that trailer come on now um, let's get to fourth wait not fourth and all <laughs> let's, get, let's get to five uh, star reviews five star reviews numbers We've a hard. lot we got a lot got a lot to get to okay I'm gonna start with this one how about this excellent five stars how, can we start with that one yeah let's start with that it's by Corgi Asafo hmm love the name just got on the pod this year when I heard y'all had Cash Daniel as a guest. I'm a UK guy. Have really enjoyed and especially appreciate the content you provide for non-Bama UGA fans, etc. Plus, frequent mentions of a corgi heals my soul. After we lost two of them in, we lost two of them in the last three years. Oh man, the good work. I'm sorry about that. Corgis are the best. They really are. He's queso is just man. He just he just so smiley. I'm sorry you lost two corgs That's awful.
0: Between That's that and the and the mention from Peta about a possible bulldogs dying, I'm just not on board with this whole dogs dying thing on this pod. I, okay, I talked about this to better my vibes. mom.
1: We did the whole thing last week about like what what would be your wish with a or like for a genie. Yeah, yeah. It's it should everyone's wish should be you should get two wishes. You shouldn't get three because one of them should automatically be dogs live forever. There's pets pets live forever. Pets depending dogs. on what the pet is. Not geese
0: this one is from j-, j-, j year I think think j year okay uh, Jay year. Ha- j- year sure uh, hands down the best the guys keep me entertained during my commute and keep me up to date on what's going on in the SEC. highly recommend it especially if you want to know what Texas Pete goes on spoiler alert it goes on everything <laughs> amen keep up the great work and war eagle I'm glad you read that one I appreciate that did
1: we did I'm trying to think of other
0: ones we, we have, have we have not done tgjc 1979 subject okay. awesome show love the show guys gives a wonderful perspective on all things sec conference whilst whilst mixing yep. mixing in gambling advice shenanigans and all the ways you can use texas pete hot sauce love it when coach o drops by he's been a little m.i.a lately yeah we gotta uh, bring that back Keep up the awesomeness, men. Go Big Blue. Hashtag put your money <laughs> in this
1: bank. Put your money in this bank. It. That's so good. Love it. Uh, okay, this is from Pineapple Social. says, football enthusiast. I've become a, po- a football podcast junkie over the last few years, and yours is one of the best. Thanks for sharing your knowledge of the sport as well as your betting tips. Listening to Chris vent about Notre Dame and Connor say the words poop bucket over and over had me laughing out loud. Your show helps me get through the hours and hours of driving I do for work. Keep up the good work and go dogs. Thanks, man. They tried to troll with a poop bucket. Give me yeah. a break, Texas. Give That's me right. a break. There you go. This
0: one is from KD. KD. A lot of KD repeating over and over again. Subject: Best football podcast. I cannot out believe there. Kevin Durant's one of our biggest fans. Crazy. I know. I know he's got his burner accounts, but yeah. come on, man. Like, just say it as who so you obvious. are. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had a hard time finding any sports talk that is even bearable. Connor and Chris always keep it real and provide phenomenal
1: insights on college football. Thank you, Appreciate Kevin that. Durant. That's, I always I always try to think about it, like are we doing a good enough job of keeping it real? KD says we're keeping it real, so we like it real. When keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Alright, this is from Gator Scott. Thanks, KD. Uh, this is from Gator Scott. It says Fine Bomb Fire. Great pod, as usual. I love your show and I'm not a big Fine Bomb fan, but he was on fire. Had me rolling, not <laughs> sure if he was schooling you two or you were serving up softballs. That was one of the most entertaining interviews I've heard. Keep up the great work, thanks, man. He was feeling a, himself, dude. Yeah,
0: he was a little bit of both. In that yeah, one. you know, I, I know, I think I'd like to think at this point, this is going to come off as a sick brag. I really don't intend it for it to be that. I'd like to think that I know Paul and that I can kind of judge when we can kind of get him going a little bit and get him a little bit outside of his typical comfort zone because he's somebody that does, besides the fact that he's on air four hours a day. Yeah. He does so many different radio shows and stuff like that. And if you just kind of get him to not break away from his zone, he's gonna he's gonna lock it down. He's not gonna be in a good mood. He's not gonna be happy and fun. And 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 I th- I'd like to think that that's what what he was with us. That's what yeah. it felt like for, for me. So thank you for the positive feedback on that. Thank you for everybody of that. So <laughs> thank you for everybody who has sent us a five star review. Who has joined our Facebook group? Who has rate, subscribe, review, has done all of those fun things for us.
1: Marla, are we going to be doing Facebook Live at all Saturday morning? Potentially. Yeah, we can Maybe? do that. It's fine. We'll okay. see. I mean, we're we're back home. Like it's it's uh, it's just tough when we're traveling. And we, you guys, we had a lot of people. This is not. This is like separate from the pod. I'm just going to tease it here. Okay. There's another trip in the works. Oh yes. That's, and, and sadly, this is Connor is. I'm, I don't think you're going to this one. I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. Well I mean, no, maybe. Sad. Well, no. I mean, it's not like that. It's just like it's a different little project we're doing. But I was, you know what? Maybe we just need to get you to come meet us up there. Boom. Because it's not. I'll, I'll say this. I'll hint this. Because I would love to have you. First off, um, second off, it's not far from your home. And there was a, there was one place in particular. A lot of you said that we need to go, and we might be going there at the end of about a month from today. That's all I'll say. Is it a place where they might serve drinks and they might have a game
0: at a neutral site involving two SEC contenders? Potentially? Hunter, if
1: you're asking if drinking in public and football is one of the most important parts of this game, that would be correct. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. That's all, all right. I'm gonna say. I just, I, I, you know, you, the people have spoken. They, they wanted us to go to this one particular game. There's a the people group especially. Spoken. And we are we are men of the people, and we are a company of the people, and we love y'all. Like we Amen. just SDS. We love our listeners, and uh, I'm just saying we might have a special announcement pretty soon. Love it, love it. Looking forward to that.
0: Looking forward to all the games that we have this weekend. I know that there are not a ton of great games in the SEC, but there are enough good ones. And hey, it's better than it's better than a Saturday in July every Perfect. single time. It's always better than a Saturday in July. <laughs> Coach o, we haven't we haven't been able to hear much from you. I know you've been recovering a little bit lately, but you're coming back this week. What do we need to remember? Kyle!
1: we who back? Back again. God, I heard you talking about you got a little station there. You got a little candy gram. That old quarterback. Better throw that out. Almost said you might need to. Talk to you after week six.